0: grace, mercy, and peace to you from God our Father and from our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. The second reading is our text for today. This is St. James of Jerusalem Day. Listen again to the first verse of the epistle of James. James, a servant of God and of the Lord Jesus Christ. Dear Christian friends, In Hebrews 13, verse 7, God encourages us to reflect on the lives of those faithful believers and those spiritual leaders who have gone before us and imitate their life and faith. This morning we have the opportunity to consider a faithful Christian from whom we can learn important spiritual lessons— which can be applied to our lives as believers in this 21st century. Today we are presented with a life, legacy, and inspired words of St. James of Jerusalem. Now, first of all, I need to point out that we cannot confuse this James with the other men named James in the Bible. For instance, to disciples of Jesus Christ, James the son of Zebedee and brother of John, and James the son of Alphaeus. The James we're considering today is a different man. To distinguish him from the disciples named James, he is sometimes referred to as James of Jerusalem, after the city in which he did his ministry. We know from the book of Acts, our first reading today, that this James was an important leader in the early Church. St. Paul goes so far as to call him one of the pillars of the Church in his letter to the Galatians. James of Jerusalem also has two other names by which he is also known, a designation not found in the Bible, But that has come to us down through church history is James the Just. This is rather a descriptive name, speaking of this man's very special Christian character. You see, James was a man of devout Christian faith. However, the name by which James is best known is found in the Bible. And that is this, James, the brother of our Lord. Now, what exactly this means, brother of our Lord, has been thoroughly discussed by theologians and historians from early on. The clearest and perhaps the best understanding of James being the brother of our Lord is that James was part of the natural family born to Mary and Joseph after the miraculous birth of Jesus. Now, that would make James and Jesus half-brothers in the sense that they came from the same mother. Half-brothers who had grown up in the same family. But this brings to mind the point made in the Gospels that the brothers and sisters of Jesus did not come to understand him nor put their trust in him as Savior until after the resurrection of Jesus from the dead. However, after his resurrection, things changed. According to 1 Corinthians 15, the risen Christ paid a visit on his skeptical half-brother. James came to understand that Jesus was indeed the Son of God and promised Messiah, as Jesus claimed to be. And from then on, James became one of the more significant leaders in the early Christian Church. Now, while there may be a host of different opinions as to James' relationship to Jesus, one area that is not in dispute is his Christian character. As faculty, staff, and students here at Concordia Seminary, We need to know and never forget that the way in which we live our lives does indeed impact the lives of the people around us. You see, people aren't looking for worldliness in their pastor or deaconess. They're looking for Christian character. There are three Christian characteristics that I find exemplified in James that we would do well to not only appreciate but, with God's help, imitate. All three of these Christian characteristics come through in the first verses of the book that bears his name, the Epistle of James. They show James to be a man of practice, prayer, and perseverance when it comes to living the Christian faith. As to the first, practice. A striking characteristic to the book of James is that it is very much a practical book. You see, James assumes that we know the gospel message. We know the truth that Jesus Christ is Lord and Savior, and we understand that this gospel message is alone the motivation for the Christian life. This is the key to understanding everything that James tells us. From that assumed gospel foundation, he then provides us with divinely inspired encouragement to live our lives in such a way that gives God the glory. What comes out loud and clear in the book of James is that Christianity is much more than just the acknowledgment Of certain theological truths. It is a new way of life, a new way of life that needs to be practiced. In the opening words of our text, James says, James, the servant of God and of the Lord Jesus Christ. The servant of God. These are words of a servant written to fellow servants. James was a man who joyfully practiced his faith, and he asks you and me to do the same. Why? Because we have the same Savior, and we know the same gospel that he did. James wants us to realize that our Christian faith, our Christian life, is not a compartment. No, it is a spirit worked through the Holy Spirit that permeates every portion of our lives. With this in mind, James encourages us to be doers of the word and not hearers only. And I don't think it would be out of line for us to add, be doers of the word and not preachers or teachers only. St. Paul put it this way, And whatever you do, whether in word or deed, do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus giving thanks to God the Father through him. I think two of Jesus' words in his Sermon on the Mount. Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good deeds and glorify your Father in heaven. To this I'd add the words of our confession of faith. Thinking first of all of the first article, the Apostles' Creed, In the meaning, we declare everything that the Father is, everything that He has done for us, and then we add and confess, For all this, it is my duty to thank and praise, serve and obey Him. This is most certainly true. In the second article, the meaning of the second article, after laying out all that the Son has done for us, all that He is, we confess, for that I may be his own and live under in his kingdom and serve him in everlasting righteousness, innocence, and blessedness. These references in the small catechism remind me also of our teaching of holy baptism. In baptism, you and I have been connected with the risen Christ— Baptism, as we learn in the small catechism, works forgiveness of sins, rescues from death and the devil, and gives eternal salvation to all who believe this, as the words and promises of God declare. Wow. Baptism, baptism has a daily, ongoing impact on our lives. Listen again to the words of the catechism. It indicates that the old Adam in us should by daily contrition and repentance be drowned and die with all sins and evil desires, and that a new man should daily emerge and arise to live before God in righteousness and purity forever. James is calling us to be different, uniquely different, godly different. By encouraging us to practice our Christian faith, James is doing nothing more than encouraging us to live in the power and meaning of our baptism. Our text addresses a second concern, a second Christian characteristic, and that is James is a person of prayer. And he calls us to be people of prayer, if any of you lacks wisdom, he says, let him ask God. But let him ask in faith, with no doubting. Here, James encourages us to pray for wisdom and to pray with confidence. James himself was a person of prayer. There's a curious but revealing piece of information about James from an ancient writer named Hegesippus. He talks about How devoted James was to the Lord and to the Lord's people and how he would go to the temple daily and pray on behalf of the people, so much so that his knees were reputed to have the acquired hardness of camel's knees. How's that for a nickname? Old camel's knees. Maybe it's not too complimentary, but it certainly speaks volumes of the emphasis and value that James placed on prayer, which is a good reminder for us. In baptism, you and I have received the forgiveness of sins and life everlasting. In baptism, we have been brought into the community of faith, the family of God, the Holy Christian Church. For Jesus' sake, for Jesus' sake, and account of His work, we are now in a right relationship with God. We see Him as our Heavenly Father, and He sees us as His blood-bought children. For all who know Christ as their Savior, eternal death has now been replaced by eternal life. And one of the real joys of this right relationship with God is that we can easily, freely, and confidently talk to our Heavenly Father. And perhaps that's the simplest definition of prayer that anyone could come up with, talking to God. Because of the saving work of Jesus, which is what we mean when we say we are praying in Jesus' name, we can actually speak to God. Think about that. Think about what we're doing here in this worship service. We are speaking to the God who created this universe. And his ear is always open to us. We can pour out our hearts to God with the assurance that he hears us and will answer us. Think about this, and we can come to only one reasonable conclusion, that it is an awesome thing to be able to carry everything to God in prayer. Finally, James was a man of perseverance. Christians aren't quitters. It was not easy being a Christian in that first century. Besides the regular trials and tribulations of living in a sinful world, physical persecution and torture even was common. Accounts of his death vary, but all of them agree that James was martyred for his faith in Jesus Christ sometime in the year 62 A.D. So we see that James actually walked the walk When he tells us in the final verse of our text, blessed is the man who remains steadfast under trial. For when he has stood the test, he will receive the crown of life, which God has promised to those who love him. James here reminds us that trials and trouble are really a part of life. At times they test our faith, not to break it, but to make it stronger as we rely more on God. And less on ourselves. And most importantly, they're temporary, and they'll soon give way to eternal life and glory. And that's where we will meet up personally with James and all the other Christians who've gone before us. Until that time, may our prayer be that God would allow each and every one of us to live out the meaning and power of our baptism, with repentant hearts expressing our faith in word and deed, praying fervently for the people that God places in our lives, and being steadfast, perseverant in any and all situations. Yes, under God's grace and with his blessing, let us strive give God glory in everything we say and do. Amen.